The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host tonight, Tyler Cook, joined by special guest Matt Dowds with USI Insurance. Matt's a, per- a personal risk advisor. I like that term better than insurance broker because you really are an advisor. <laughs> and we're going to talk tonight about auto, home, and umbrella insurance and a lot more that we'll get into, but Matt's here to share some tips and tricks and some updates, too, within the industry, just what's been going on. Uh, you think most recently Hurricane Ian. We think of these bigger things, too. But as I've learned from you over the years, sir, it's, it's an ongoing thing with, with managing risk. And certainly in the auto, home, and umbrella world, things are constantly changing. So we're going to get into that. Before we start, though, we always like to go through some current events. And, and uh, you know, this time of year, this, we, we talk a lot about just year in tax planning things and what's on the horizon there. But uh, also, the, what the Fed's been doing with raising rates and, and just all the craziness in the world. So I thought, let's pause on that for a moment. Step back and let's have a little feel-good feel good story. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, right? There's too, there's too much of the negativity. And I, I just saw this actually today when I was preparing for the show. And, and it just uh, kind of struck me as one of those things. It's like, you don't hear enough about this. But I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's a, it was a video went viral on Instagram. Now, I don't have Instagram. My wife sent it to me. That's how I found it. But the title of the, of the video is Cuban-born UPS driver whose reaction to first paycheck went viral as he says he feels grateful. And it, you got to watch this video. So just, just Google Cuban-born UPS driver reaction to paycheck and it'll pop right up. But yeah. it was awesome. This, this gentleman lived in Cuba, made 12 bucks a month, $12 <laughs> a month as a teacher. Yeah. And he was teaching computer science, right? And so he, he actually, uh, when he was in, in the States on a work visa, he was married to the U.S. citizen. That's how he got his U.S. citizenship in here in, as far as being here in the States. But then he went and worked for UPS. And this, this video is the, the genuine, real reaction of his op- opening his first paycheck from UPS. And it was awesome. And he goes through it. It's all the emotions, all the tearjerker. But he gets through that part. And I, I watched this and I started chuckling. Uh, his wife in the video says, look at the taxes. <laughs> and he looks at it and he's kind of like, oh, taxes. But then his comment was really, really important. He said, it's better than Fidel and communism. Right. Just yeah. imagine that better than Fidel and communism. When you look at all those taxes that you came out of out of your check and, and he was just still so positive and upbeat. So we're, we're surrounded by all this negativity and just so many things in this world. But I, this spirit is still alive right in this country. Mm-hmm. Is that that spirit to do to work hard. And that was the other thing he said is he looked at his paycheck and saw how many hours he got paid for. And he said every hour mattered. Right, every hour mattered that he worked. So really, really cool. But check that out if you get time. Again, just Google the UPS uh, Cuban UPS uh, worker who who got his first paycheck. It was pretty, pretty cool. So that time of the year, right? Grateful for things. We just got past Thanksgiving. Remind yourself too that it may not be as bad as it seems in front of you. And there's a lot of good things still going on here in this country. So right. with that, we'll get into our main topic tonight. And again, before we get rolling, Matt, you were actually on the show three and a half years ago been a long time it's been a while right lots changed in three and a half uh, years right a couple things yeah. <laughs> but uh one thing is one thing certain that with this insurance stuff you've got to stay on top of it uh there's a lot of moving parts to it and i really just want to start with uh we'll talk about the specifics in the auto home umbrella but i've got some questions from a few listeners too that i 
yeah. I, I, I prepared for today. We'll get into that stuff too. But good, good. Um, before we get going, just, just give your background for the listeners. Sure. Well, uh, I'm 100% of my career has been in the wonderful world of insurance. I, I graduated from Ohio State in the late 80s, I think December of 87 might, might have been when that happened. And, uh, but, but I went to work at, um, at Nationwide Downtown as an underwriter, not on this side of the house with, uh, with property and casualty, but for life insurance. And uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, uh, decided somewhere along the, the way there, I did not want to, as I looked out of my career ahead, I, I wanted to be more customer-facing. I was always on the phone with insurance agents. And uh, I also worked for another really great company, John Alden. I was a manager there for uh, was a health insurance health insurance plans. But 1995, I finally decided, let's get my licenses, and uh, let's let's do do let's do what I can do. Yep. And uh, a wonderful company. I had uh, uh, 17 great years with a company called Sentry Insurance, and Sentry does not do any longer property and casualty insurance. Uh, talk forever about that but it'll put your audience audience to sleep but it was a great place to be and uh those are great years century did it right it's disappointing that that they had to shut things down like that um but then then a, a couple couple stops i decided i want to stay in insurance and usi came calling thankfully at the right time five years ago august of 17 uh and uh so yeah so so, so i've been with them since since yeah. then and then you, you, that, that was really helpful it helped you and me i think reconnect since I was equipped right. to do what I need to do for you and your clients. Yeah, I've known you back since the century days, so it's been, yeah. a, been a long time. I was doing the math. It's, we're approaching 15 years of, of knowing each other. So that's crazy to begin with. But the other part to this, too, is I'd like you to explain your role as as a personal risk advisor. I said that earlier, right? And I think it's different than an agent or certainly an insurance company that doesn't have agents, right, or somebody to talk to. Um, but explain a little bit about what you do just in your day-to-day with when you're talking to, to customers. Right. So I do uh, – it, it is just that. It's, it's being an advisor. Of course, everybody, uh, the, the, the purpose of an insurance brokerage is uh, not a surprise, I hope, to anybody. It's to generate revenue, right? And that's in bringing in new business. But what's the ways and means about going about that? And the way in the insurance market today, and it's, it's always been this way, is it's, it's, a, it's a commodity. I, most people see it as a commodity. Uh, you, know, you know the companies and the the funny or tricky or not funny uh, commercials that are on TV now. Of course, it's all about the lowest price. There's little or no talk about coverage unless it's, you know, a unique abstract claim that they're just trying to make, you know, something fun happen about. So, right. So, so, so there's that. Uh, and, uh, and then just insurance companies really just being, I think, cookie cutter. Uh, many insurance companies, again, many most, if not all, of the ones that we see and hear on the radio, they, insurance is very highly regulated state by state, and those insurance companies have a very similar product that meets those states' requirements, if not just minimums, and then they add or don't add if they, you know, their own endorsements. So, you know, I just kind of learning that going, going through things. That's why I'm very happy to, to be at a brokerage because we're very selective about the companies that we choose. Uh, and th- they're not those what you call direct rider company. They're companies that uh, call middle market companies or direct or, um, preferred companies. Mm-hmm. And anyway, they're, they're just more they're They know what the state's requirements are, yet they build policies and, and give endorsements available on the policies on all the policies, auto, home, umbrella, uh, yeah, to, to, to adequately serve the needs of, of people. 
So. Yeah, so I think the key difference there is is your the way I've always thought of it is you work for the client, not the insurance company, right? So you're most definitely you're, you're shopping it out, seeing what else is out there, comparing from multiple companies just to narrow it down. But just just curious, how does USI go about kind of selecting that the group of companies that they work with, and how often does that change? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I'd like to know exactly how, but but I I, I simply know this that they're very selective. Uh, you know, the, this so when I represent a company to to you or your clients. Uh, I'm putting myself, my word on the line, uh, our agency, our, our brokerage word on the line. So it's really, and it's not just going and looking at an AM best rating and their A plus, and that's wonderful, but it's really, there's reputations and you know in the insurance industry who when it comes to a claim is customer centric right? versus, and I'm not going to name the companies, but it's, <laughs> it's known who is. I will, uh, don't worry. Who is, yeah. <laughs> Who is keep our bottom line uh, good centric and right. claims are a tussle and a fight and so on and so forth. Well, but, but, but anyway. Yeah, that's a really important uh, distinction, though, too, because, again, we work with people all across the country. And when when that claim happens, right, you, you want to obviously be proactive with it ahead of time and know that you're covered for it. I think most recently of Hurricane Ian. We'll get into that in a second. We have a lot of people that uh, we work with on in South Florida. Uh, but. This, those gotchas, kind of the, the things that can get you in, in, in the the, at the back of the transaction, right? It's easy to pick a number and say, okay, here's what I'm going to pay. But on the back end, what are you actually getting for that? Of course. And that's why I love what you guys do and the due diligence you take to analyze it and shop it out. And there's a lot a lot to discuss there. So we're going to get into some fun stories with certain things you've seen over the last 20, 25 years. I've heard a few of them, but I'm sure there's some new ones since mm-hmm. we've last talked. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is Tyler Cook with you today, joined by special guest Matt Dowds, personal risk advisor and insurance broker with USI Insurance. So, Matt, let's, let's get into some of these things that you've seen over your career, and, and uh, we'll start with homeowner's insurance, right? I think that's a, it's a big one. Everybody has some type of homeowner insurance, you hope, right, or renters or whatever it might be, right. depending upon your scenario. But uh, I recall I was listening to our previous show, too, and you had told me some stories about, uh, you know, bathtubs running over and all sorts of stuff. But just wonder, what's the, what's the cra- in all your career, what's the craziest scenario you've seen with <laughs> With homeowners, Crazy. well, craziest would just be, fi- I, you know, not in a good way. All, all, it was just fires. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, um, you know, it's crazy when somebody calls you at two in the morning because their upstairs is on fire, or the, the chimney's on fire, or uh, you know, and the, their kitchen's on fire. So, and are you the first? Do you so think a lot of people call you first when they in, think of that? In that, it, the fires I've had, yes, I was certainly the, the first, and I'm glad they did. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah, so, so fires are crazy. Fires are dangerous, and you know, but. Uh, much more common than fires. So on auto and home policies, there's two. There's property coverage, so fixing the house, fixing the car, and liability coverage, protecting you financially, which you and I talk a lot about, obviously, for your clients. Yep. So on home, property, and liability, on the property side, the most common by far uh, cause of uh, claim is some sort of a water loss. Insurance companies run with their tail between their legs and pee down their leg about water <laughs> losses. They hate water losses. And yeah. they'll do anything and everything to, to to mitigate and to help mitigate and to getting more and more detailed in discovering what does the client have up front and even perhaps rejecting policies or taking credits away if, if some of those things aren't in place. 
So, so water, water, whether it's from the outside, inside, there's a hundred reasons that, that can cause that. But that is a big, big, big worry of insurance companies on a property yeah, side. I know just conversations with you too, with, with water, again, not every policy is created equal with what's covered, right? And that's what right. I was talking about earlier, where it may be great to save a little money up front, but on the back end, if you have this issue and need a claim, you don't want to be going, well, oh, is this covered, right? What, yeah. Or what happened? So that's one thing I, I focus on with you too, is just knowing what you said about water is, is okay, what's actually covered. But there can be these uh, sublimits, and I'd, I'd like you to go through that again, just the sublimits yeah. on these policies, because I think people see maybe once a year, if, if lucky, <laughs> they're looking at their declaration pages and reviewing it, if they don't have somebody like us or you involved, but they're looking at it and they think, okay, I'll pay the premium and just move on. But they're, they're looking at that, probably the first page, which shows the broad categories of coverage. Yeah. Uh, but to really know what you're covered for, you might have to ask some questions or do some digging, because even I don't know what all these endorsements and all these codes are on these pages that we look at. Yeah. So when we talk about sublimits, can you explain that concept of sublimits? Yeah. So uh, as we mentioned, I guess in the first segment, the uh, insurance companies put in place companies that, to satisfy, in this case, the state of Ohio's requirements. And they'll, there's all these different coverages, like you said, that are listed out. I'll just I'll list a couple that are talk about a couple real quick that are that are uh, that are common, I think. And that is ordinance or law. So you have a five hundred thousand dollar house. The normal ordinance or law coverage is five percent or ten percent, so twenty-five or fifty thousand. What what that means is, if there's a loss to the house, whether it's a total loss or a partial loss, here a story I had was a claim with somebody had the, was the kitchen fire. Uh, so there's a kitchen fire. The the kitchen is is it was bad. And, uh, it got a little bit of the upstairs too, and then smoke damage all on the inside. But it required replacing you know the plumbing and the electric and everything uh, definitely in the kitchen and a little bit upstairs this older house uh the city of dublin in that case they they require that the, the those the electric and every part of the house is brought up to code and the plumbing in it is, oh, wow. is brought up to code so so, so, so a fire in the kitchen it, that was damaged there the electric but they had to replace electrical in the whole house correct wow yep wow so Yep, and and how so, many people listening knew about that ordinance of law? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> law or ordinance coverage. And, well, yeah, there you go. I can't even say it right. <laughs> and, and what is what is very scary about that? And again, it's just talking to people about it. Again, the the you're most commonly going to see that at ten percent of the home value coverage. If you're an eighty thousand dollar home, thirty eight thousand. Well, again, and that's just again what what with the carriers that that provide that the carriers that uh work with a brokerage or are those more middle market carriers that we work with just simply say the higher quality carriers, uh, they will allow us to increase that. I mean, there are some of them just offer only one limit, and that's 100%. So they're going to pay 100%. Oh, okay. So, so you don't have to worry about that, that you know. Now, the trade-off for something like that, having that feature, right, where you would be covered completely, you might pay a little more in premium up front, though, right, versus something else you'd see on TV, or, or is, how does that work? Yeah, I don't, I mean, um, I don't think so. I, you know, <laughs> sometimes yes, sometimes no. It's right. a, a, there's so many factors that go into what's the premium on a policy. I've re, I've replaced many a policy, as as we know, um, thankfully, with much better limits and and also at a lesser price. Yeah, I, uh, I continue to be surprised by that too. But I think that's I'm going to get that in a second as far as shopping and around and how yeah. frequently you should do that. But but, but yeah, price, but real but back on that. But we're all about coverage. I mean, when we do this, this is all about coverage. And I make a recommendation and, and say I'm you know I'm whatever two hundred or a thousand dollars higher per year than somebody's current. I, maybe I should do this. I'll, I don't think so. Tell me if I should. 
I do not go back and say, well, what can I cut out of this? And what, maybe we reduce this or that or whatever, because I make the recommendations that are needed. We make the recommendations that, that, that are needed. That's and, and then we can adjust some of the self-insurance factors there. Maybe go with a, more people, for instance, are doing a $5,000 deductible on home. Have an eight hundred thousand dollar home, and you're probably not going to submit a couple thousand dollar claim, or I I don't think you should for the most part. Right. So you can really save well, just I, doing things like that. I think that's one of the reasons why we've gelled so well over the years too, because it's the same methodology that we use as a financial planner, right? We're, we're telling you it because you need it, yeah. not because there's some other incentive there. It's just hey, this is the advice. It's a recommendation. You know, if if, you, if you're not going to take the recommendations to heart or or even consider it further, then then what are you paying us for, right? So yeah. I think that's why I kind of initially connected with you too, but I also like the scenario over the years too, where if you look at somebody's policy and they're in a great stance and a great position, you'll tell them stay there, right? Don't change right, to stay where you're at, of right? We can't beat it. Maybe we'll talk again in a couple of years type thing, but just curious to the, to the recommendation side, cause we experienced this with all sorts of different things that we talk about, but what's the one thing, or like you said, you're recommending something, you're not going to just cookie cutter or cut things out to, to fit a certain premium number. But through that process, you know, of making recommendations, what's the one thing that you suggest to people or recommend to people and they just, it falls on deaf ears, right? Or they just don't take you up on the coverage you think they should have? Yeah, on the home? Yeah, or any of them. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to this on the auto too, but I'll say this on the home. Something that needs to be discussed on home is uh, the, the most common question I get and the most pushback in some cases I get on coverage is, well, Matt, I paid this amount i made i paid five hundred thousand for this home why are you why is the insurance replacement value at seven hundred thousand or why is the insurance replacement value at three hundred thousand and the answer is here are I, I won't do it now for time but but here are the factors that we that insurance companies look at and we can we all know what they are especially in the last couple of years with supply chain and labor availability etc cetera, etc cetera. how much does it cost to rebuild a house completely different here in Columbus. We have a, you know, if you're active, I keep my nose in the real estate part part of things. Uh, the factors that affect how much you or you or I could sell our home for today are all market related. They vary with the uh, interest rates with, uh, you, you know, all, all, the, all those things that a real estate agent would tell you vary the, the prices of homes. Two, two, that's Chinese and English. Those yep. are t two two different languages. So. Right, I think one of those factors too, though, is as you mentioned, is would be the definitions of the policy, right? If there's a full replacement yes. cost thing, not all not all policies have that though, right? In terms of those factors. So, uh, right. so yeah, I get that a lot too, because people look at the, the declaration page and they think, why is this number so different? Because they're tying it to what they could sell their house for today, yes. not the cost to rebuild it. Correct. Right, very, very different. So that's an important thing to take a look yeah. at. Another sublimit with rebuilding is uh, again, we have you know, a large home, an 800, or say a 2,500 square foot home, and it's a total loss. Um, step one for an insurance company is debris removal. It costs a lot more to remove debris on a, a total home loss uh, on a 2,500 square foot home than a 1,200 square foot home. Lots of factors. So, so those yep. are, yep, that, 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 that's all a big part of that. Lots of factors to consider. We'll continue this conversation with Matt Dowds from USI when we get back from the break. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. This is Tyler Cook with you this evening. Be sure to visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com. A lot of great content on there. There's also a section on the top right that says Take Action. You can schedule a complimentary consultation with one of our certified financial planners to review our services and see if we may be a good fit to work together. Again, managingtobewealthy.com. 
By the way, you can also click on the radio show tab there and access all the previous podcasts uh, that we've talked about. There's a lot of content, so you can search that and, and look at different topics that we've discussed uh, over the years. Again, managingtobewealthy.com. All right, back to it, Matt. So a lot of a lot of content here tonight, and we could talk about this for hours and hours. But one thing that I wanted to bring up, and because I I've heard this over the years, and I've I've gotten the question gotten the question from people too, and it's the, the scenario of where somebody you know, thinks they might have a claim on their hands, or thinks they want to reach out to the insurance company, but if they do, maybe the insurance company will track that as a as an incident, or maybe perhaps knock them you know, on their premium at renewal, something like that. So just in that scenario, if you think you've got the claim, like what, what's the what's the rule of thumb or the general recommendation there? Yeah, well, the general recommendation is it, uh, and this applies to both auto and home, more so it seems to home, um, not that there aren't urgent home claims, there are, but when something happens in your home and you're concerned, you're seeing a water leak here, you're seeing, you know, stains in the ceiling, water stains or what have you, or, uh, you know, the furnace isn't working, do I have equipment breakdown on my policy? You, you call me and ask those questions instead of calling the, the, the insurance company. Uh so, so that 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 that's the advice. Uh, the advice is to call the insurance company. O- only I would say in, in an uh, in an emergency. Uh, well, we, we found out we can call you at two in the morning. I heard you say that. Uh, yeah, so. you can. <laughs> so you can. You're available. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Although my wife, yeah, my, my wife recently put my phone on. Uh, yeah, from I think eight eight p.m. to. Uh, to to six a.m. My phone is non workable. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that's the key. So, so, but if like in a scenario like a company that maybe doesn't have agents, like you know, I'll, and I'll name names, right? Like USAA or Geico or anybody like that, if you're kind of stuck, right? If you don't have that scenario, so if you do call like in a scenario like that, they may track it internally, right, in their yeah. system. Well, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, US. That, that's a good example. USAA. Not that this area is really high military, but but I have a lot of clients from here on the East Coast and things like that. A lot of USAA clients. I know their policies well. USAA is a good company, and they've really updated their policies, especially in the last five or six years. And I see many people on those policies. Um, so nothing. I'm not disparaging USAA, but you're right. They, they one thing is they don't have agents there. They operate from a central call point. Uh, so yeah. So, so so I've had that. I, I have had several times that I can remember, and probably more I can't remember of USAA. Uh, previous USAA clients having that problem. And then it's difficult for us or anybody else trying to give them new proposals because they have to clear up these, these incidents that have been submitted as claims, whereas they, they're not claims. Okay. Yeah. Great to know. That's it's in it's case by case. All this stuff is kind of that it depends on your scenario, right? There's no real cookie cutter way to do this, but some really good general rules of thumb with, with that piece. But um, we, we talked about homeowner insurance. Let's talk about auto and umbrella. Sure. So uh, I've had personal experience with with significant auto claims and umbrella things and things like that, and you've kind of coached me through some of that stuff over the years. But uh, when you talk about auto insurance and umbrella insurance, what would be one thing you want people to know or just to pay attention to when they're looking at their coverage? Yeah, you, you know, uh, what I want people to pay, pay attention to, we get back to property and liability. So everybody knows auto insurance fixes your car and fixes the person's car that you hit, and that's a good thing because you pay your deductible, and that twenty or thirty or fifty thousand dollar total is stays in your account. That's what insurance is for. Yep. However, what is a bigger potential loss uh, is a liability loss and an uninsured li- uh, motorist liability loss. To get back to an earlier question, I think you asked, well, what, "What's a pushback I get?" I said I would share what it was on the home on the auto. It's about uninsured motorists. When I'm looking at somebody's current coverage, they'll often say have 500,000 of liability coverage. 
meaning if they hit somebody and cause an accident or run over somebody and change their life, they've got 500,000, perhaps an umbrella on top of that. And then secondly, an uninsured motorist coverage, that covers you, that covers them. And then they'll have state minimum limits on that, which makes zero sense to me really for this, well, from a lot of experiences, but, but for this reason, if you're a good driver and your spouse is a good driver, you have kids, you hope they're a good driver, let's, you know, so you have that liability. But every time you or I or any of us go out on the road, how many, depending on where we're going, we're going to be in and around hundreds, maybe thousands of cars in, in a, whether it's a 20 minute drive or a two hour drive, you know? So any of those, even though it's a very small percentage that any of those cars could, could, could swerve in front of us and cause us to hit the guardrail or, or you know, just whatever the bad situation is. Yeah. Uh, do people cause accidents every day that when you're driving? No. Well, many people haven't been in an accident. But when an uninsured motorist causes an accident and you only have $25,000 worth of coverage or $100,000 worth of coverage and no umbrella to, to cover that, and, and you're uh, in the hospital for, you know, some time and yeah. you, you can't work maybe your life's changed maybe it you know physically or you're, you're not the same and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's uh it's it, it it boggles my mind that the, the people don't give that more so i, I think agents insurance agents uh, we need to do as a whole a better job of letting people know i think that is more important or equally as important i should say than just the general liability on the policy. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times that comes back. And one of the things we look at, again, just having clients all across the country, it's and I look, I go right into that under an uninsured scenario because it's that's truly protecting yourself, right? Yep. So somebody hits you, doesn't have enough coverage or has no coverage, it defaults back to your to your policy. And that's where I learned that personally the hard way with a scenario about 10 years ago. So, um, you know, it was it still worked out okay, but didn't have the coverage I thought I had, right, at that point. Yeah. And this this wasn't with you, don't worry. Yeah, before I met you, yeah. uh, no, actually, I, it's probably I remember. Long, long, longer, I remember. longer than that, actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was a scenario that again, look at look at your under and uninsured lines on your coverage. Just this is with your auto insurance to start, and then where you can extend that further would be on an umbrella policy. First, right. I think Matt, if you can explain what an umbrella policy actually is, and then go into this the specifics on that underinsured. Right. Yep, sure. So an umbrella policy, just as the name says, an umbrella lays atop any underlying policies. So obviously, auto, home, or if you own some rental properties, or any other motorcycle, boat, any any individual properties you have, say those all have five hundred thousand liability on it, which is what we're going to put on there. It doesn't matter if you're a twenty-two year old kid just graduated from college, or you know, a mature, uh, you know, person professionally. And, uh, so an umbrella then lifts that. You know your clients. Uh, many are worth a million or more. When I, you know what I mean, Finan financial sure. financial net worth. Uh, so the job is to protect that. So if if they or their mom who's in town who borrows a car or their son going to McDonald's causes an accident and t-bones somebody at an intersection, um, yeah, that that that's important. And, and you're. Now there's an eight hundred thousand dollar claim, and you only you only have five hundred thousand. Sounds like a lot. Uh, that's not enough. You, you, right. you, you need your you need your umbrella. And, and I'll share just last actually just last year. No, it was um this is twenty. It was November of twenty one. A client of mine who had come to me several years before was in the situation I just said. He came to me without an umbrella, a definite need for an umbrella. I was like, how can you not have an umbrella? <laughs> He's like, oh, I know. Did not have an umbrella. Had 100, 300, 100,000 per person, 300,000 liability coverage and uninsured motorists. One evening going home from work, going north on Sawmill Parkway, a car came left to center, hit, hit him head on. 
uh, to get into all the details, but it's uh, it, it's still going on. So, wow. so, so had he had that previous, he would have been in a, a, very, a very bad way. The claim is not yet settled, but it is going to get up into that umbrella, uh, you know, well, well into that umbrella amount. And I think the importance two part for the umbrella side of things too is is a lot of and I learned this again through my own experience. But if you're in a scenario where there's that incident, it's going to be either a personal claim, like somebody can come after you personally, or they're going to look at the insurance money, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, if they can see what they call limits case, right, go after the insurance money, that's a much cleaner uh, resolution for everybody involved in that scenario. So we'll get back much more to cover still in our last segment. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is Tyler Cook with you tonight, joined by special guest Matt Dowds with USI Insurance. And Matt, I wanted to pick right back up where we left off on that conversation of under and uninsured motorist. Uh, again, it starts on your auto insurance policy. That coverage can be extended and give you more coverage on an umbrella policy. But it's not just if you're in, in your vehicle, right? This 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 umbrella policy yep. specifically with the underinsured and, and, and those types of things, it can follow you around, right? Maybe if you're on a bike or if you're walking. Right. Tell us more about that. Right. So that, just that's well said, Tyler. If, if uh, the coverage is for protection from an uninsured motorist, that does not mean you or I need to be in a car operating a vehicle. So yes, this this happens a lot, of, of course, with bikes. Hope it doesn't happen as much, but it does uh, occasionally with with, with someone walking. Uh, again, with uh, distracted driving, we could do a whole four segment someday someday on that. It's uh you know with distracted driving, there there's just those things ha- happening more and more often. It, even if people are just getting bumped, um, but 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 regardless, all, all of that and, and there's injuries. I've there, there's been some big injuries on on. On you know on, on bicycles, that I that, that I that I've experienced and uh, not personally but clients, and yes, then you're out of work, your medical bills, your pain and suffering, everything that your attorney is going to do to to make you help make you whole. There's coverage there for 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 uninsured on, on that uninsured motorist. Right. Yeah. I always remind myself too. Yeah. How about with the situation where like a kid goes off to college with the umbrella policy follow. The kids that you know when they're out school at school, the umbrella policy follows everybody. That's a that's a name driver on the policy. Uh, so most kids that go to college, mom and dad still own the car because it's less expensive insurance. Right. So is that way. So so yes, it sure does. But even if the kids yeah. walking on college campus and some oh, yes. crazy hits them, yeah, okay, oh, right. of course, yeah, 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 good stuff. All right, great. Well, let's keep going. I got a general question. There are a few questions actually from a few listeners that I wanted to run through. And um, I know I've talked with some of these things with you over the years, but it's always good to get updates on these things. So. First question is: Is frequent changing of insurance companies a concern? Uh, concern. I don't know if "concern" is the right word. It's. I don't think it's wise. Um, so frequent changing. You would you would frequently change if there was a need to frequently change. The the vast majority of the time, there's not a need to frequently change. Uh, so, so yeah, I think that's a concern. You shouldn't. When if and when people call me and say, "Hey, Matt." I want. Can you shop this out for me? You know, that's the terminology. Shop this out. It's all about rate. You know, can right. we do better? So yeah, oftentimes, and we can, and we look. We we know from time to time a carrier will have a take big rate, and we know that when we see the renewals come in. So 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 yes, we we can shop that out. But 
companies have a, a little bit different criteria in underwriting, but they're very similar in this. The longer you're with them, you will get some, some credits. And that even though your even though your rate went up nine percent, uh, in truth it would have gone up eleven percent because of your you know the, the the credits that you have. And next year that credit will be more more helpful and more helpful. So so you don't want to just jump around from company to company. So I want to touch on something there too. You mentioned with the renewal period. So just walk me through some of that. I think it'd be helpful too. So like when when somebody's up for renewal. And you're looking at these other companies, like you said, kind of seeing what's out there, and you can see what the premiums are going to be, right, before it actually happens. Yeah. Then having somebody like you or, you know, again, any, any insurance broker that can actually shop multiple companies, uh, that's where that value comes in to maybe just kind of behind the scenes you're maybe yeah. seeing versus the, the client or the customer after having to go, well, maybe I should go shop this out with somebody else. Correct. You're kind of already ahead of that, right? Exactly. Yep, exactly. When we see, you're right, when we see something that that needs to be done and you, you know you, you work with someone on our team that, uh, that they do a great job and we work together on that and uh, say, hey, I just want you to know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you, your rates went up, but, but here's how they would have gone up with this company, this company, and this company. You're still, let's just hold tight. You're right. in a good spot. Right, and it's like, yeah, the, the recommendation to change is not just because your premium went up. I want That's a key point I want people to hear, right? It's, right. it's not just because your cost went up. In fact, to that point, Hurricane Ian, I mentioned that earlier, Hurricane Ian down in, in south uh, southwest Florida and, and just, you know, any natural disaster really, is it still a scenario where we're all going to kind of absorb those costs as an industry, right, just in general across the country? So here in Ohio, you know, our premiums may go up because of what's going on, going on elsewhere? It, it, it's a big uh, – the, the, we get into um, – Reinsurance. We get into some real insurance-heavy stuff with that. In, in Florida, in particular, and in the Southeast, there, there's reinsurance. So the carriers that that insure homes down there, they know there's going to be big losses almost annually, if not more than one annually. You know? Right. So they turn around and then use reinsurance. So what's happened this year in the reinsurance market with those two big hurricanes back to back? The reinsurance market is drying up. Might be overstating it, but it's not. It's it's different than it was <laughs> a year ago. Right. So that is putting more, you know, that's putting more rate on the primary carrier, and then they're able to to reinsure less. So it, it, it's a it's a it's a sticky thing. But but to to your question, companies, I can won't name a company, but a company that I write a lot here in Ohio that also writes in Florida. They they under they underwrite those. They keep them very secure. They they. they Florida is its own monster. California is its own monster. Right. You know, those coastal areas. I remember even years ago, you had said that there were so many carriers pulling out of the Florida market in general that to maybe even yep. switch was not, a, like, don't even talk about switching, right? Because you're just well, not going to find anybody else. And that's that's just been it the last, it just gets worse and worse. And there's there's a moratorium. Many companies, one company just lifted a moratorium today, which is good news for us, but since those hurricanes, the companies just put the stops. They, they just stop riding new home insurance, new auto. They just have to let things settle, see what their losses are going to be. They can't be bringing in, you know, riding and quoting new business. So, yeah, it, it's in Florida also, again, uh, we do segments on this. There's so much fraud in Florida, too. There, there's It's just an insurance problem, yeah. <laughs> property <laughs> insurance problem. And, yeah. Property insurance gold mine for for attorneys and fraudsters and so forth in Florida, and that's well known, well documented, and so it's 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 a different animal. Yeah, it's uh it's been unfortunate just seeing some of the the, the struggles with 
maybe the the other side of the insurance world when it's time for the claim and then you're, you're okay like i'm ready to get my house fixed type thing and i think what a lot of people in florida right now are realizing too is that these insurance companies might not give you the full check up front they might release the money in waves yes, right as correct. rebuilding work is completed and things like that so right. uh you think about too in florida florida you know just being hot and humid I have a scenario last week I was talking to somebody, they got half their house tarped off because a tree fell on it from Hurricane Ian. Yeah, yeah. And of course, a tarp in Florida, humidity, rain, mold, right? Yeah. Now there's mold issues. I'm glad you brought that up because that, that's another, that's a perfect sublimit issue back to your earlier question. In mold, the same thing. You, you need to be with a carrier and we will increase that mold from 25,000 or whatever it is, but we'll increase it, to, we'll increase that mold coverage amount because those are much more common claims in Florida. I had an experience with mold when I was renting years ago. It was not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I was renting, right? So it's, it fell on the landlord to actually for the bulk of that stuff. But I actually had some some recourse. But yeah, just back to Florida. It's, it's uh, again, not only is it just the property coverage, like you said, you got liability issues, but then you also have flood insurance. But mm-hmm. even here in Ohio, too, I mean, I think it's really important if you could just touch on it quickly here in the last minute. Uh, when should people be looking into you know flood insurance or just those types of things here here in Ohio? Yeah, flood insurance. It, flood insurance is not. You should buy flood insurance not only because your mortgage insurance carrier requires it. So <laughs> say, well, my mortgage company doesn't require it, so I don't need flood insurance. Well, there's there's plenty of, uh, of examples that you do, and because with with, uh, with uh, the water, if there hasn't been a flood, um, like in the Clintonville area, for example, there was there were people that have needed flood insurance in the last several years that didn't have it. Right. And uh, so it's still, is it floodsmart.gov? Is that the website you can go see if you're in a floodplain? I think that's still the the right website. Floodsmart. That's that's good, Todd. I mean, yeah. Floodsmart.gov. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out because you might not think you have any risk, but if it's that once in a hundred year deal, which unfortunately we've seen some of those things here recently. And when it's not, and people think flood insurance is just extraordinarily expensive, it's not if the, if the, you know, it'd be two or $300 if it's, yeah, your risk as well. Well, so much we could talk for hours and hours, but. Thanks so much for being here, Matt. Much appreciate your wisdom and advice and, and certainly our relationship over the years. Again, Matt Dowd with USI Insurance. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.